Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter number 27, Acts chapter number 27, and we'll look at a fairly familiar passage of Scripture this morning, uh, but I want to look at it from a little bit different angle today, Acts chapter number 27, and we look forward to what the Lord has for us in the Word of God this morning. Let me just uh, remind you while you're turning to continue to be faithful, continue to uh, pray for the needs we have as the progress continues on all the different projects and that God builds His church. And so I'm excited about being a part. I want you to be a part as well. And uh, so let's just trust the Lord in these days. Acts chapter 27, beginning with verse number 14, before I begin reading, Paul has uh, been uh, arrested. He's going to be sent to Rome. And we know that when he gets to Rome, he's going to be able to get the gospel to Rome. And uh, so we pick up in verse number 14. But not, not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called a Euroclidon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat. Which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, <clears throat> whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo... God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Paul, that faithful preacher, that apostle, uh, has been taken, put on a ship, and uh, we find that they find themselves in a storm. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 15. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind... We let her drive. This morning, I want to speak on this subject, when the storm takes over. When the storm takes over. Father, I pray this morning that your word would be a help to us. It would be a comfort to us. It would give us the instruction that we need today. May we realize that as Christians, as your children, as the born again, the redeemed, we have a responsibility to remain faithful in good times and bad and Father, I pray this morning that you would use this message to strengthen your church. I pray this morning uh, that if there's one here unsaved, they've never put their trust, their faith in Christ and what he did on Calvary for their salvation. May today be their day of salvation. Uh, use the message to your honor and glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've read this passage of Scripture many, many times. I've preached from this passage of Scripture on more than one occasion. But recently, upon reading this passage of Scripture, there's a verse that uh, caught my attention, and the words I'd read many, many times seemed to jump out, and I began to look at it, and the Lord put these thoughts on my mind that I share this morning. In verse number 15, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. The words that stuck out to me were those words, we let her drive. What is being said here, and 
this verse of Scripture, and certainly the focus, and we'll put our focus in this passage on the words of the Apostle Paul and the instruction that the Apostle Paul gives, but we must first understand the situation these men find themselves in. This boat, this ship, has begun its journey, sailing from the island of Crete to Rome. They've been found and caught up into a storm, and verse 14 says a tempestuous wind. It was probably a tropical storm type uh, of a storm. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive. The storm was so great, they could not control where the ship was going. The wind was greater than their ability. The swell of the waves overtook their knowledge, their wisdom, and training. The men on this ship were experienced sailors. They had training. They had been in storms before. They knew the steps to take when the winds begin to blow. But this storm was so great, they could not control where it was going. The winds, the waves overtook their knowledge and wisdom and training, so they had no choice but just to let her drive. What does that mean? They had to accept they were at the mercy of the storm and hope for the best. They were in a storm to where they could not steer the vessel. Uh, they could not chart its course. They were literally at the mercy of the storm. The storm had taken over the vessel. Now, the winds would decide where that ship ended up. The waves would decide in what condition the ship was in when it got there. And sometimes in life, you encounter storms to take control of your direction. The power of the storm is greater than your ability. The storm is greater than your knowledge and wisdom. We have, it all, we have life all figured out until we don't have life all figured out. In life, sometimes you must just let her drive. You must drop the sails. You must lighten the load. You must just realize that you are at the mercy of the storm that you were caught in. I know where I was headed before the storm, but I don't know where I was headed in the storm. The scripture tells us that the darkness of the sky covered the stars. They could no longer chart their course. They literally did not know where they were. Before I pushed out to sea, I had a course charted, all planned out, but a storm came. I had to let her drive. This is a helpless feeling in life. I can't imagine, I'm, this may shock you, uh, but I, I'm not a sailor. I have not spent a lot of time out on the sea. I, that's just not something that uh, is, in, is in my uh, 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 sphere of expertise. But I can imagine that being in a storm when all of your wisdom and all of your knowledge is charted and getting to the place where you just have to take your hands off and say, well, we just got to let her drive. We've got to trust the old vessel. We got to depend on what we can do. We got to let her drive. What we chart, we have the charts, we have the course charted, and we have it all planned out. But something came up that we did not expect and we're caught up in the wind. Now we just got to let her drive. That's a scary 
feeling, I imagine, for a sailor. About like it is when you have your life all planned out. When you have things charted and you have the course and, boy, when in our marriage, this is what's going to take place. Or with our children, this is what's going to take place. Or in my career, this is what's going to take place. And in life, this is what I'm going to achieve and accomplish. And storm comes. And all the knowledge you have and all the experience you have and all the plans you have, and you just got to get to a place in life where you say, I'm just going to let her drive. I'm at the mercy of the life that I'm caught up in, the life that I'm living. This is a helpless feeling. This is a time of fear and insecurity. See, there's something you and I all have in common besides the fact that we're all sinners, is the fact that you and I like to have control of every aspect of our life. This is why so many people reject Christ and what he did on Calvary because they want to be in control of their own salvation. They want to be in control of their, their own means and mode to heaven. And friend, you and I can, are not in control of that. We are sinners. We come short of the glory of God. And only faith in what Christ did do we get salvation. But we all like to be in control. Uh, Pastor, when I have my children and, and God gives them to me, and I'll, I'll give them back to the Lord as long as I can control it. That's not the way it works. Life, I have it all planned out, and I want to be in control. And it's a helpless time, and it's an insecure time. You can fight it. You can type, tap into your wisdom and your knowledge. But sometimes life determines you got to let her drive. And I'm going to use our scripture this morning. We have an insight into this vessel and this storm and what God gave the Apostle Paul that hope will have us, when we leave here today, understanding while there's a natural sense of fear and insecurity, it's not really a bad place to be. Sometimes you got to let her drive. Let me give you some help this morning and some hope, as Paul did in verse number, 20, uh, uh, um, verse number 23. He says... Uh, I'm sorry, verse 22, and now exhort you to be a good cheer. There is some hope in the midst of the storm. Now, in verse number 20, we read, this was no small tempest lay on us, and all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. You ever been there? We're not getting out of this. This is it. We're not surviving this storm. We're never going to get through this. If we're all honest this morning, we've all said that at least once probably today, but we've said it at least once. This is what we're not getting through. Can you imagine as often, sometimes some of you look at your pastor as the same way I think they looked at Paul and Paul hadn't said a word. All of a sudden he gets up and says, I told you, you should have listened to me. I don't think they wanted to hear that. Then he says, I know how bad it looks. Cheer up. Now bear in mind, they're in no small storm. They've had to let the ship drive. They've had to throw cargo overboard. And here comes, just like the man of God, to come and say, it's not as bad as you think it is. 
I, I just wasn't the way it happened. I picture this. I picture him coming up from underneath the ship with his cup of coffee in his hand, filling his lungs full of that fresh air and saying, it's a great day to be alive, fellas. I've got some good news for you. Sometimes it seems that way, doesn't it? Well, it's, what, what's going on? Where's he been? Hadn't he been watching the news? Doesn't he know how bad it is? Is he unaware of what is going on in our life? Um, I don't think they were ready to hear, but he says, fellas, be of good cheer. Here's the insight that I want to give us today when we think of when the storm takes over. When the storm takes over, let me say number one, rely on his presence. It says in verse number 23, For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Friend, you cannot put a price tag on having the presence of God in your life. I look back to when I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was a child. I realized I was a sinner. And I realized that there's no hope without Christ. I realized that I needed salvation. I put my faith and trust in Christ. Can I tell you what I've had since that day? I've had forgiveness of my sins. That day I put my faith and trust in Christ, that heavenly construction crew began to work on that mansion that I'll spend an eternity in. When I put my faith and trust in Christ, my record in heaven was changed to the record of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you, and you, in case you don't, you, you don't know, I, I grew up here, and, which is a very unique situation. And there's some of you out there saying, I know how he was when I grew up. I saw, watched him grow up. Well, in heaven, my record is clean and perfect. That's what I'm holding on to. The truth of the matter is, if you're saved this morning, that instant you put your faith and trust in God, you got a new record in heaven. Isn't that wonderful? From that day on, I've had the presence of God in my life. God's better to us than we deserve. God's better to us than we even realize. Nobody likes to be in a storm, do they? Nobody likes to be in a situation where you're forced to take your hands off of the wheel and say we're at the mercy of what life brings us now. I've got to let her drive. But can I... Say, when you're in this situation, if you're not in it today, you will be in one. Rely on His presence. Rely on His presence. Well, maybe if I don't go to where I, God wants me to go, maybe I can avoid, the, avoid those storms. Paul was God's man, but those people in that boat were not, and they were both in the same storm. But Paul could step forth and say, I've talked to God today. I've had his presence today. What do you do? You rely on his presence. You may not know where life is taking you or what condition you'll be in when you get there. But if God is going with you, you'll be okay. You'll be all right. And friend, that's why it's important for you and I to maintain the right kind of relationship with God so that we're aware of his presence. We understand his presence. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 reminds us that our Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. Boy, the storms of life and I, like you, can look back on my life and I can remember and 
recall storms that I've had in my own life. And having the luxury of looking back like perhaps you do, I can look back and say God was with me every step of the way. Even in times when the sun was not shining and the waves were crashing and, and, and you were not aware of it, he was there. Friend, I can't promise you you'll never find yourself in life where you just got to say, I got to let her drive. When you find yourself in those situations, what do you do? You rely on his presence. Secondly, I find some hope and encouragement when the storm takes over. Number two, we must rely on his word. I like verse 25. Verse 25 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He says, wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Now, this is the second time he said that. See, why does pastor repeat himself from time to time? It's because you didn't get it the first time. So why is he saying be of good cheer? He's like, I'm looking at their faces and they didn't get it the first time. All they can focus on is a storm. He says, be of good cheer. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. You know what the storms of life will test your belief in God. Well, if you get nothing else today, when you leave this property today, you leave here, I want you to know that you can believe in God. Well, what is the opposite of believing in God? You really want to believe, you put all your faith and hope and belief in the things of this world? No, friend, not for me. I believe God. Where does your hope come from? God. Where does your confidence come from? God. Why are you so sure you're going to heaven one day? Because I believe God. And I put my faith and trust in Christ. Friend, when God says he'll get you through, when God says he's with you, he's with you. I like this. He says, you can rely on his word. It shall be even as it was told me. See, Paul had heard from God before. And God told Paul some things that were going to take place in his life and ministry. But God didn't tell Paul about the storm. So when the storm came and everybody's in a panic, what did Paul have to remind himself of the words that God has spoken to him? And friend, when you find yourself in a difficult time, you know what you must do? You must rely on his words. Pastor, why are you so confident about the day we live in? Because I believe God. I believe his word. So aren't you worried about all these things that politically that are taking place? No, because my Bible tells me that the day of the Lord is at hand. That trumpet's going to sound and God's church is going to be caught up in the clouds. And friend, because of my relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not going to be left behind. Oh yeah, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be worse than Fox News can even broadcast. But I'm not going to be here to experience it because I'm going to be with my Lord and Savior. Why do you believe that? Because I believe God. There are times in my life when I could not see the bow of the ship much less the direction we're going. What got you through? I just had to believe what God had told me. The problem with a lot of Christians, and the problem with us many times, is we can't fathom what it must sound like 
or how illogical it would be. Paul is on the same ship that they're on. Paul's soaking wet too. Paul is rocking with that ship as the waves crash and as they threw over their personal belongings, whatever Paul may have had, I don't know that he had anything, but that was thrown over too. Be of good cheer. Oh, here comes the crazy man. I believe God. And it shall be even as it was told me. See, Paul believed what God had said more than he believed the rain that was pounding on his head. He believed what God had said more than the waves that were crashing that ship. Let me just be direct this morning. The reason why there's Christians that quit on God is because you believe your circumstances more than you believe what God has said. And God does not tell a lie. And if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And we have the promises of this book that we can build a life on, we can build a marriage on, we can build a home on, we can build our future on, and you can certainly count on your eternity on the promises of God. What do we do when we have to just let her drive? You've got to rely on His Word. Paul was not relying on... These were, these were experienced sailors. They're like, we're not going to make it. He's like, we'll be fine. What proof do you have? God told me, you mean you're going to believe that crazy man of God, that preacher, over what you see and hear and feel and your own experience tells you you're not getting through this storm. Well, friend, at some point, we got to believe that the God of the heavens is still in control. And we can't find ourselves in life where we just have to let it dry. We've got to rely on His Word. I believe that the majority of people, and I would say it would be true of everybody in this room this morning, you want to make it through that storm. You want to get to the other side. You want, you, you, you want, you want, you want to still have the future that, 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 that you long for. And the difference is there are those who try and do it their way, and the storm's too great for that. How do you get through it? You rely on his word. Number three, we must rely on his care. Look at verse 22. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Guys, let me tell you why you need to be encouraged. You're not going to die. Now the ship, you're losing the ship. But nobody's going to lose their life. Now it was not, I mean, what did Paul bring to the table as a educated man, a theologian, a, a preacher? What did he bring to the table that's going to get them through that storm? And yet here he is saying, you're going to be okay. Nobody's going to lose their life. The ship would be destroyed, but every life would be saved. Well, at some point, you've got to rely on the care of God. Friend, you and I, we were reminded sometimes God allows us into the storms of life because He wants us to completely rely on His care. Pastor, I hear what you're saying, and 
I believe it took place, but it's my ship that's sinking. It's my ship that's taken on water. You've got to rely on him. Too, time, too many times Christians fail and they falter and they are defeated because they rely on their own strength. They rely on their own wisdom. They rely on their, their own abilities. And friend, all of us are put in, time, in situations of life that our own abilities, our own talents, our own understanding is not going to get us through. You've got to trust God. You've got to rely on Him. You know when the best time to start relying on God is today, if you're not? Is when you're not in the storm? Have a trust in Him? Have a belief in Him? Too many times they say, I don't know what I'd do if I just, I just got to let her drive. You rely on His care. God will take care of you. God will see you through. You must rely on His care. And then number four, and this should really speak to us this morning. When the storms of life overtake us, we must rely on His will. Verse number 24, saying, fear not. Go back to verse number 23 to give it better context. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not. Now I remind you, it's not God that has given you the spirit of fear. If you're afraid this morning, it's not because that's, that spirit's not coming from God. How am I not? I'm in a storm. He says, fear not. Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Now this goes back to what God had already told Paul. God had already told Paul that he would give him some of the desires of his heart and some things in life and ministry, and he would take the gospel to Rome. Now, he, Paul tried to keep them out of the storm by telling them not to leave when they left, and they didn't listen, and they're in the storm, and Paul says, cheer up, guys. It's going to be okay. An angel of the Lord has spoken to me, and this is what he said. Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. What was the angel of the Lord saying to Paul he was saying to him, this storm will not keep you from the will of God. But it will still take you to the will of God. When the storm of life comes and you've got to let her drive, the natural tendency is to say, well, the, all the things that I wanted to do, all the things that I want to accomplish for the Lord, the, they're gone. They're over. This storm, this is it. This is over. God said, Paul, you're still going to get there to where I want you to go. You and I, if we had our way, we would, we would be a straight line, point A to point B to what God wants for us. Let me use this as an illustration to those of you that are still rearing your children. You, you may have children in the nursery or in our, in, in our, in our children's program. They may be in the service with you this morning. And, 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 and you want to rear them for the honor and glory of God. You want them to one day be a good citizen. You want them to contribute to society. But you want them to please and honor God with their life. So that, that's what I want. This is where I am. Oh, aren't they so cute? 
Oh, aren't they? They're, oh, they're just, thank you, Lord, for giving. Now, where I'm at is point A. Point B is where I want to be when, when they leave me when they're 40. I want them to be, have been trained and and I want them to learn lessons, and I want them to know that everything in life is not free, and it's not given to you, and you've got to work for it, and, and you're going to get knocked down, and you get back up, and, and I want them to, to be ready for life, and I want them to please and honor God with their life. That, that's where I want to take them. So we're just going to go from here to there. It's not the way life is. The destination is the same. We say, I'm just going to walk from here to here. And that's not the way life does it. Life says, you're going to go over here. Then you're going to go over here. And then sometimes you're going to seem like you're all the way back there. Then you're going to go over here. Because in order for those children to learn that life goes on, they got to be knocked down. Before they can learn that God can be depended on, they got to watch mom and dad be tested so they can see faith in mom and dad. Before uh, they get to where it is that you have a desire for them to be, where it is for God's will for them to be, there's a whole lot of detours that we don't understand. Well, I guess that's it. First time, it's, 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 I, love, I love our, our school ministry, and you, you see those, those optimistic parents on the first day of school. There's only one group of people more optimistic on that first day than the parents, and it's the students, and that ends on like day two. But oh, especially the, you, you see, you see the, the mother's their first child going off to school. You can tell the difference in their first and the last. The first child, their tears. The last child, they're like, yeah. You know, anyway, you know, they're going, they're going off to school and they come home and they, they get that first poor report. Susie was eating glue again in kindergarten. It's like, <laughs> it's over. What's wrong with my child? They like glue. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with your child. Or they... Sometimes it's like, my child is, he failed this quiz or he's failing this test or he's having this hard time or he did so good in all these years up to this point and now that he's entering in all these academic, they're not, he's not doing well. I'm a failure. No, there's lessons that they need to learn. And sometimes the best way for them to learn it is to have a failure. How many times have God brought something into our life, and that's just one illustration, we throw our hands up and say, what in the world am I going to do? God's will is still the same. God knows what he needs to bring into your life to grow your faith, perhaps. I'm going to show you another reason why he allows storms of life to come in just a moment. But I want to point out that he tells him the will is still the same. I know what we say. If I'm shipwrecked, how am I still going to get there? Oh, that's good, Pastor. Go ahead. Be of good cheer. But if the boat sinks 
and were shipwrecked, as if you keep reading, that, that's what happens. How in the world are we going to get there? Do we not believe God can get us to the finish line in our life? Do we not believe that God is not bigger than any storm, any failure? Storms do not change the will of God. In many circumstances, they take you to the will of God. Let me give you further insight in verse 24. Saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. Good news, guys. Be of good cheer. God's going to get me where he told me he's going to get me. Oh, y'all aren't dying. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. He didn't have the southern accent I have, but he's going to get the ship's not making it. But y'all going to get there. This is what he told me. Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Every man that was on that ship. What does that mean? They all became converts of Paul's Savior. God gave all of them, yes, their physical life, but I believe He gave them their spiritual life as well. I believe they all called on the name of Paul's Lord. See, there was a storm and they had to let her drive. Their ability couldn't get them to where they needed to go. Stay with me. Their years of schooling could not get them to where they needed to go. Their years of experience, well, I know what that... I know what the Bible says, but my experiences say all that experience, whether you have to let her drive, none of that's getting you there. And I'm sure the thought must have gone through Paul's mind, this isn't the way I thought it was going to end. But the angel of the Lord has told me that we're going to make it. He's given me all the lives of those on board. See, in that storm, God used that storm. Many times the reason why he doesn't get us to point A or B because there's somebody else that God has a plan for. I look back on some storms in my life. With being completely honest, I thought, well, it's over. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I look back on one of the, what I would say, the two or three greatest storms we had in our life was the sickness and the death of our daughter Amanda. Well, so many dreams die with that. But it wasn't the end. Now, still, the longer I live, the more I see God fulfilling some things that He had put in my heart. You know the difference? There's others He wanted me to take along with me. And not just get to the destination by myself. There's some of you, you're in this very building this morning. 
You wouldn't have darkened the door of a church, much less this church, unless God hadn't allowed something to come into your life. And you came looking for something. Can I just tell you? God will get you to where you need to go. But there's somebody else he wants you to take with him. We get so selfish in our, in our life and so selfish in our storms. Say, well, I guess it's just not going to work out for me. And we, we quit. We give up. We say, well, I know the storm, the boat hadn't sunk yet, so I might as well jump overboard and get it over with. Maybe it'll be quick. But Paul kept his faith and Paul waited on the Lord and God said, you're going to get to where I promised you to go, but I'm going to give you all the lives of the men with you. And friend, if you and I will rely on him and we'll rely on his will, and every time we've got to take our hands off and say, I'm just going to let her drive. We're not floating out there aimlessly. There's a God in heaven who is in complete control, and he will fulfill his will in your life. He will do the things that he promised you he'll do. He will not forsake you. But friend, if you will look close enough, there's other people on board that boat with you that God cares about, God wants to reach, God wants to help. Christians, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Well, this didn't turn out the way that I thought it would turn out. Hey, if you still got days in front of you, live them for the honor and glory of God. You got children still in your home, and maybe your dreams are not fulfilled, but their dreams can be fulfilled, and God can give you their future and their life and their hope. Friend, we got to look at what God is doing and say, I'm still, I'm not under the water yet. And rely on his will because there's others depending on you that are on that boat with you. So, Pastor, what do I do today? Let her drive. I just turned my life over to the storm. Let her drive. Because God's in control of that storm. Well, how do I get through it? You rely on Him. You rely on His presence. You rely on His promises. Well, I keep, and this is what happens in the life of a Christian. A storm comes and we say, I've got I've to fight this thing. I'm not giving up. I know God's with me. And I'm going to make sure that it gets to where I'm supposed to go. And, and the winds continue to blow. Who's in charge of the winds? God is. The waves continue to crash. Who controls the waves? God does. And we fight it and we fight it and we fight it sometimes in the name of God. So I, I'm not giving up on God. He sent the wind. He let the storm come. Now I believe this in my whole heart this morning. There's some Christians who need to just let her drive. While you're in that storm and you're in that time of insecurity, you're in that time when you can't control a thing, there's a God who is in complete control. You rely on Him. You rely on His Word. You rely on His will. He'll get you to the same place He said He was going to get you. But there's somebody else that he wants to take along with you. If that storm had never come up, chances are those men would have never seen the God of Paul as they saw him. And those souls would have perished. I hope you pray this as a Christian. Lord, use my life to influence somebody to Christ. Lord, use my life 
that this world, this dark world may see the light of Christ in me. They may not understand it, but they, they know there's something different. Lord, use my life. And friend, there's no greater way to use your life than to allow God to use it to point somebody to the Savior. We say that and we picture some big, miraculous, bright light experience. And sometimes God's saying, take your hands off and let her drive. While you're in that storm, there's others around. They've heard the Christian speech. They, they see the Scripture spoken out of context. They see what people say about their God and, and their religion. But if you take your hands off and y'all would just let her drive, I'll show you something. That's a little different. Friend, this morning, if you're in a storm, realize you still have a God who loves you and cares for you. And he'll see you through. He'll see you through. Friend, realize this morning that God allows things to come into our life because he wants us to be a testimony to others. To still fulfill his will. This morning, if we can liken that ship to your life, into eternity. No matter what education you have, no matter what experience you have, you can't get your ship to heaven. You can't do it. Huh, well, pastor, if you knew what I knew, it doesn't matter what you know. You can't get there on your own because I believe God. Friend, this morning, put your faith and trust in Christ and what he did on Calvary. You can have eternal life. You can have forgiveness of sins. I trust that you know that today. This morning, as we conclude our service and go to a time of invitation, if you need to trust Christ as your Savior, I want to challenge you to let somebody show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Now, you've been saved this morning. You need to follow the Lord in, in scriptural baptism. You can take that first step of obedience. You need to join the church this morning, whatever you need to do. But I pray that as we begin our invitation, there'll be a lot of Christians this morning who will do business with God. Just because you got to let her drive doesn't mean all hope is lost. Maybe look into our life, into our storm, and say, my hands are off. As I let her drive, I'm going to rely on your presence, God. I'm going to rely on your word. I'm going to rely on your care. I'm going to rely on your will. Father, I pray this.